With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Juice, a betting show on the Player Profiler YouTube and Radio Network. I am Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. And with me today, I got two very special guests right here. Shervon Fakimi over here. You can find him on, on Twitter at Shervon Fakimi. And then I got Charles Ormsby, the guru behind Player Profiler Edge. Charles, Shervon, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Um got a little bit of a dry throat it's flu season but if michael jordan can play through it then i can podcast through it i love it i love it charles how you doing good very well not excited to be coming into the winter up here in the northeast but you know we all can't be in florida i'm on i'm right on the cusp i'm i'm in virginia now i obviously grew up in minnesota with the cold weather got used to it but now in virginia the the turn from fall to winter is a little bit different because it doesn't quite get as cold, but I do get like frosted grass in the morning and it's still like in the thirties during breakfast. And then obviously it warms up throughout the day, but it, it uh, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I definitely getting soft. My skin's definitely getting softer than it was while I lived in Minnesota, but we're here to talk about everything player profiler edge, everything betting, bring you guys the best lines of the week, bring you guys the best bets, the best props, and we're here with the juice each and every week. So before, be sure to tap in on podcast, subscribe on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on your podcast, leave us a review if you like the show, but let's get after it. Shervon, you want to start us out? We're going to start in the NBA tonight. Um, there's a bevy of games. I think they got, uh, looks like 12 on the slate right now. Do you have a favorite pick tonight? in the NBA. Yeah. Um, my Lakers have been up and down more so up than down recently, but a uh, second end of a back to back after a close loss closer than the score indicated last night against Cleveland going up the border into Toronto and LeBron is out. Anthony Davis is out They're like their entire team. So the Raptors, are they were getting nine points and now I've seen that the line went up to like 12. Um, I would still take the Raptors minus 12. I think they're going to hammer, hammer the Lakers tonight. Wow. That's caught up just since we've been on the show, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love um, Siakam props. I think his points are at like 25 and um, his, I think points, rebounds, assists is around like 40 and a half, if I remember correctly. And the Lakers just have no size defensively on the perimeter. 
they have Patrick Beverly, who also might not play. It was also been terrible. Um, they have him defend wings. That hasn't really gone well. I mean, Kuzma just on Sunday against uh, when the Lakers played the Wizards had over 26 points. He had, if I can look at my notes, 26, seven and seven rebounds, four assists. Jeremy Grant, a few like a few days ago, 27 points, five assists, four rebounds. Uh, Chris Middleton, his first game back, 17 points, seven assists, two rebounds. And Siakam has been playing great. His usage rate is top 20 in the league, and he's well above average true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage. I think he's in for a big night tonight. Love it. I love it. That's coming from a Laker fan right there, choosing the Raptors. Charles, are you in line on that game, or do you have another game that you like? Yeah, so our our two premium picks for today on edge were Boston away, minus one and a half, which is a little dicey. Never like taking away teams, uh, but Boston really seems to have something very fluid going with their offense. And in a lot of ways, like when you get something good going, right, not to reference the hometown Eagles, but it's hard to stop that, you know? Like if you find something in tennis that works, it just starts to work and you and you know the players against you, your opponents can't stop it. And that changes everything in the game. So um, if we look at like what we took from a premium standpoint, we took Celtics minus one and a half, and I think what was the other one? The maybe the Wizards plus five and a half or over. I think it was the over two twenty seven on the Wizards Bulls. Um, Wizards don't play defense. Bulls really want to prove stuff at home. Uh, our machines like that for some reason. It's probably something that we could dig into if we wanted to. Two mediocre teams hitting the over. That I mean, that they, they both seem like they're in the bottom half in defense. So makes sense. Shervon, you got a, another NBA pick? Yes, um, I like I like the Jazz. At home tonight, I believe they're minus eight against the Warriors. Um, Steph is out. Draymond is out. Andrew Wiggins is out. Teams could, I mean, I I could see the Jazz kind of like, you know, cakewalk by thinking it's going to, it's just going to be sweet that these guys are out. But um, they're at home. The Warriors. Their starting five has been great this season. It's plus 132 on the season. But them as a whole are only plus 26. So that means every other lineup that's not the Warriors starting lineup has been outscored by 106 points this season. It's not good. Um, and now as Steph has been playing at an MVP level again. I mean, he's playing just as well as ever. Um, and without him, pool will see a big bump. I could see the over hit in this game, uh, but I think the Jazz can cover, and I think they should be able to win. So looking for that upset, looking for that upset in Golden State and Utah. Charles, how about you? If I had to go out on a limb here, I'd say, and this is a little bit funny, because I think in general primetime games tend to change the way teams play and then also the players perform. So if I had to look at anything that seems like 
the anti prime time, I'd go with the Pistons Pelicans under 228. That's a big number. Pistons coming off a big win and the Pelicans like probably wanting to slow it down a little bit. You know, the funny thing about the NBA is it's not so much that teams don't play defense anymore so much as they, they just take quicker possessions. Right. And, you know, I think the Pelicans haven't been playing a ton. Pistons coming off a huge win. That game might just be a slower pace, which is what you're looking for with unders. So I would go with under 228 on that. I love it. That game is at 8 o'clock tonight, and that is in New Orleans as well. You can find all of these picks and props and lines over at Player Profiler Edge. And you can go on over there. You can get live picks, top picks, value props, injury, impact, and game summaries, as well as matchups and success history. And then you can go to playerprofiler.com. At the top of the screen, you click Top Offers, and that will bring you to our brand-new offers page where you can get the best possible uh Sign up bonuses from FanDuel, Caesars, BetMGM, all of your favorite sports books. That's at playerprofiler.com. Top of the page, click top offers. So you're going to Edge. You're going to sign up. You can get a is it a three day is it a three day uh, trial right now? Is that what it is, Charles? I think. Yes. And then I believe so. and, and then you can go over to top offers and you can sign up for Caesars, BetMGM, or FanDuel, and you can get your NBA fix on. Guys, do you guys have any, have any more NBA picks for tonight on this great Wednesday? I got one more. Um, I can. I'll stick in that Pistons Pelicans game. I like the Pelicans spread. Uh, to Charles's point, the Pistons are about middle of the pack in pace, about ninety nine point seven possessions a game. The Pelicans are tenth with about one more possession a game. So um, the under could look fine for that game the pistons are on the second end of a back-to-back after a win last night in miami so now they're traveling um i could see without especially without Cade and his the way he can create offense just at a whim uh some tired legs especially from a uh, boy on bogdanovich in a huge game last night i love i love i love the pistons in their the young talent that they've got going over there, I think they're going to be a, a good team um, for the, in the next couple of years. But today, t- right now, especially without Cade, I think they're a ways behind. And then now on the second end of a back-to-back against a good Pelicans team, Brandon Ingram is out, but they still have plenty of offense with McCollum and Zion, who's been playing, again, at an all-star level. Uh, Valanchunas is there. Grand Theft Alvarado is going to be a pest in their side. So I think the line on that game is about 10.5. I think I would still take uh, the Pelicans. And I think you could even tease Pelicans, Raptors, and Jazz tonight if you want a lower number on all of them. Um, I think they're all they all should be pretty solid. I love it. I'm seeing 11 on Fandle. I'm seeing 10 on Edge. So you, I'm sure they're going to get a, a number of different numbers. Do you like that number at the 10, 11, or where, where's your breaking point on that? I think I think about 11 is fine. Um, maybe if it gets to like 12 ish or something, you could back off. But I think I think they should still take care of business tonight. Pelicans, that is. I love it. And as you can see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, Charles is sharing the screen for Player Profiler Edge, and you can look back the last 10 games. You can look at the head-to-head performances and other things like that. Charles, do you have any more NBA picks for us tonight? 
No, no, let's transition to NFL. Let's look at the next slate. I love it. Let's jump into the NFL. And week 14, we have a big slate ahead of us. Of course, we have six buys, however, in week 14. As far as the NFL goes, we have Thursday Night Football tomorrow. And if I can pull my screen up ever so slowly because this internet is fantastic tonight, we have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday Night Football. The Rams are favored by six, it looks like, with a total of 44 and a half. Do we have any thoughts on Thursday Night Football? I mean, so the primetime stuff is always wacky. Like, it it just tends to not perform according to what we expect. So it's very much a contrarian's game, right? Which is different than one o'clock NFL games. Like one o'clock NFL games, that's like a whole different approach. So, I mean, in general, I try to avoid betting primetime games. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough to be productive at it. Uh, but, it, I mean, to me, if I was looking at this, I mean, the screams like Moneyline Rams because they're home. You know, they're not that bad of a team. The Raiders are reeling. You know, they have a playoff chance, but, you know, it's still a football game. And, you know, to get, you know, three times your money on a football game is pretty good if they have a decent shot. So Rams stick out to me, money line. I like it. Let's move to the Sunday slate. You talk about um, the primetime games being tougher to bet on. So let's focus in on these one o'clock games. Rams and Steelers, the Steelers are favored by two and a half. Shervon, is this kind of a, a what, what do you think about this line here being two and a half in favor of Pittsburgh at home in Pittsburgh, where Baltimore is top five in DVOA and they're clearly the better football team? I personally like the line that the over under at 36 and a half right now on FanDuel 37 in some spots. Is this line kind of telling as, as much into Tyler Huntley or what are we looking at here? I guess I guess I have more faith in Tyler Huntley than Vegas does. I think he's fine. I think he's a good a really good backup. Um, I think he could start for a handful of teams, sort of like how Jacoby Brissett was stepped up uh, for Cleveland this year. I I mean, the Steelers beat the Falcons by only three points. And I think the Ravens, even without Lamar Jackson, are 100 times better than the Falcons. I don't understand this line really at all. Um I know the Ravens offense has been clunky the last uh the last few weeks uh the Greg Roman special but I I I believe in Huntley I think he can he takes care of the ball uh they won't turn it over the Ravens won't beat themselves um and I think they're just a much better team than the Steelers I would I would gladly take Ravens plus two and a, two and a half. I think they could even. I think they should win outright. I mean, I could see them keep it close, and then Justin Tucker hits a field goal and sends them sends them out of the Pittsburgh with a win. So I love the Ravens this week. That's the Ravens straight up too. It's like they, they don't even have to cover the three. They just. I mean, if even if the Ravens lose, you you win if they if they only win if they lose by one or two, I should say. Um, but yeah, I'm in line as well. Uh, I think the Ravens are just overall a better team and they they have a lot more at stake trying to stay afloat while Lamar's away. This Pittsburgh team has been uh, pretty boom bust. I would say more bust than anything uh, with Kenny Pickett, a quarterback. They're a year away from definitely doing anything. Uh, and obviously George Pickens is not happy. They did get TJ Watt back, but Watt does not look like he's even 75, 80% of what he was pre-injury. 
Charles, do you have another game that you're looking at on this Sunday slate? Well, just to round out this discussion a little bit, like if you look um, at the line movement of the money line of the Steelers, right? So coming into Sunday last week, right? So the Steelers were a pretty heavy underdog, right? And then right when Lamar got injured, you can see the Steelers became a favorite, right? So what was that? That was on Monday. So on Monday, the Steelers became the favorite. And then it starts to creep back up. And then what do you know? Like they're sort of back to where they were. <laughs> I mean, this is probably, um, it's probably down here somewhere, but I can't imagine like this drop just because yeah. they lost their quarterback. I mean, the football team has, you know, an enormous amount of players, right? It's And it's offense, defense, right? Everyone wants to say the phrase complimentary football, right? But when you see this type of drop, where the Steelers are maybe, you know, a four-point underdog to all of a sudden they're a three-point favorite, like, there's that's a little fishy, you know? The Ravens have a lot of value. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I 100% agree. And we also know one thing is that Nobody runs Nobody runs a slower offense than Baltimore. They're going to try to run the ball up and down the field, short dunk-offs to Andrews, and just control the clock, especially now with Lamar if he doesn't play and it's Huntley-focused. They're going to try to protect the ball, not turn it over, and, and, and play complementary football like you mentioned before. And this game, I mean, over the course of the last 20, 30 years, has been one of those must-watch black and blue division type games where – Always decided oh. by a field goal. <laughs> Always decided by a field goal. And right. who's got the better kicker? Justin Tucker has been the better kicker for 10 years. And Baltimore's a much better team. I know it is in Pittsburgh, but, I mean, again, still, Baltimore should not be underdogs in this situation, no matter Lamar or not, just based on how they play the game and how this game has went over the course of the last 15 years, like I said. They're, Pittsburgh has won the last four, however, in this matchup, though. Wow, that that's a shocking stat, but – it's a trend, right? So trends yeah. in a singular context don't mean a lot. Yeah. But unless they blend into hundreds of other trends. But, but they have been they have been, like you said, one score game. So it was 16, 13, Pittsburgh, 2019, and 1914 were the last three, and then 28, 24. So they've all been within that three to four point game. I just think it's it's very ballsy to 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 zing all the way one way where you're like, I don't know what the money's at right now, but the money should be entirely on Baltimore, knowing they're the better football team. And yes, over the last few years, two and a half points though, like the margin of error is what I'm saying for like Baltimore could beat them by 15. Like that's how much better of a football team they are. That's just hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Charles, do you have another game? I think this, uh, this is just going down the slate, like in a ascending order here. The next game that sticks out to me is the Texans Cowboys game, right? That's, um, you know, the Cowboys have been outperforming by far. I famously predicted the Cowboys to go under their total uh, win count for the season, but it seems like they're going to go way over that, which was around 11. Um, and so they're outperforming this year, and, and that's really great for them. Uh, some people are excited about that, not the people in Philadelphia, but <laughs> <laughs> the um, you know this represents opportunity. Uh, Dallas is coming into this game having smashed every spread, that they've looked at, right? Like it, it doesn't even come close. That's why you see a line that's as big as 16 and a half. Uh, when you see a line that's 16 and a half, it reminds you of the Patriots two or three years ago, right? When they were just like the books couldn't put a line on the underdog as big enough that the, the Patriots wouldn't cover. 
So yeah. um, in Cleveland was the opposite at the time. So you had Patriots like covering every spread under the under the moon. And then you had the, the Cleveland team that, that really couldn't do anything and would lose every spread, even if they paid like the, the Texans on a bad day. So, you know, this game is very interesting, right? Like 46 is kind of a high line for the NFL. Uh, 16 and a half is a massive line. You know, as I said earlier, when we were doing a little bit of show prep, like if you see in the first quarter that the Texans can move the ball, right? This line, the 16 and a half becomes incredibly large, right? Even if they're losing, like even if they're, you know, Dallas could be winning seven, nothing at the end of the first quarter. But if Texans could move the ball and miss a field goal or whatever the case may be, because it seems to be the way their season's going, um, like that means a lot. And I would grab that live line at plus, you know, 20 at that point if they were losing 7 nothing at the end of the first. But um, the under, to me, has a lot of value. I don't see there's any scenario where this game goes over. Like, it just, like, to go over 46 when you're playing such a bad team. Yeah. Like, Dallas is going to stop scoring in the second half. You know, there's a, a very high likelihood that it's, you know, 20 to 3 at halftime. Right? So... You know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Dallas is going to cover. It actually could mean the opposite because Dallas, like what the Eagles have done in the second half, which is basically just kind of sit their offense, run the ball, right? Like it changes the way the odds move. So, um, yeah, my thought, my initial thought is Texans plus 16 and a half. Avoid it pregame if you can, but take it live if you can get it at like plus 20, plus 24. Like that's a smash. And then under 46 pregame is where you want to be. It's interesting, and and I and I kind of came back at you with the the over under thing before the game because I hundred percent I hundred percent see where you're coming at because I think you can look into halftime in this game being twenty to three where the last game against the Colts where they scored fifty four a lot of that scoring with thirty five points all came in the fourth quarter this was a close game for the majority and then they went and scored those points even the Vikings game and the Vikings generally have a good offense couldn't do anything against Dallas and that game ended up with a forty three point total with Dallas scoring 40 of those points. The Bears game, obviously you had Justin Fields that could carry that Bears offense and score points, but the Dallas did score 49. The question is, obviously, and Houston has a, a better back end than they do front end, so they're not going to be throwing a lot. If they if they do score 20, like you said in the first half, it's going to be a lot of running the ball and, in the second half, and you can see where Dal- Dallas maybe doesn't even score 35, or they end up scoring like in that 31 to 35 area. Houston doesn't have the offense to put up 20 on these guys. And no. so I, I, I'm I'm more in line with you now than I was about, about an hour ago when we were discussing this. Yeah, the under has a lot of value, especially if there's like a quick score. There's nothing better than like Dallas gets a quick score in the first quarter and, you know, it's now 49 and a half. Yeah. T- take that under because that smashes three out of four. You know, it just does. Yeah, I agree on that. Let's continue with some more AFC North discussion. We talked about the Steelers and Baltimore playing. Well, there's also Cleveland at Cincinnati this week. Cleveland is six and a half point dogs and 47 and a half is the total. Cleveland just had too close of a game against Houston in Deshaun Watson's return. Now they get Cincinnati with their banged up back end. Shervon, do you have a thought on this game? Do you think that Deshaun Watson is going to wake up in Week 14 and and remember how to play football, or do we see a Joey Burrow blowout? What, where's your Where's your mind at with this one? 
I, I'm all over the Bengals in this one. I think they're supremely better. Keep in mind, the Browns scored three touchdowns that weren't on offense. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a punt return touchdown, and their defense scored twice. That's against Houston. I don't expect them to be able to force that many turnovers against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, the Browns, their DVOA on defense has been bad. I mean, their defense in general has been bad all year, but they're 27th in defensive DVOA. They're on the road. Watson's only made his second start, and again, he looked abysmal last week. Um, I just – the and the Bengals' defense just, again – slow down Patrick Mahomes. Like if we can slow down Patrick Mahomes and I'm sure we can slow down anybody. He's yeah. that good. So uh I love the Bengals minus six and a half. I think the I think they win by at least 10, 14 points, something like that. Um I think this could be a big week for Higgins if uh Jamar is going to be shadowed by Denzel Ward. Uh, I think this could be a big game for Pirine if or Mixon, depending if Mixon clears concussion protocol. Browns have been one of the worst run defenses in the NFL all year. They are 31st in rush defense DVOA. So I think Pirine or Mixon could have a smash week again, as well as them covering the six and a half. I love that. Cincinnati's been hot. They've been red hot um, really since about week five when they had a two-point loss to Baltimore. They beat the Saints by four. They beat the, the they beat the breaks off the Atlanta Falcons. They did lose to Cleveland by 19 back in week eight, but that was in Cleveland in primetime on Halloween. And then they beat the breaks off Carolina. They beat Pittsburgh by seven, Tennessee by four, and Kansas City by three. They've been going through a couple of the best AFC teams, and they have a tough schedule upcoming with Tampa, New England, Buffalo, this game, week 14, Cleveland, I, I, I like where your head is at on the Bengals. You can always think back to the Pivot podcast over the summer where Jamar Chase and Tegan Tyler Boyd were on there talking about specifically this game, this matchup. This is the one that they always focus on is the Cleveland because of how much smack talk Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward talk. So I'm very interested in looking forward to this game. Charles, is there another game or do you have any thoughts on this Cleveland-Cincinnati matchup? No, I mean, I'm pretty much with you. I mean, th- th- this, this one feels kind of um, like Bengals are going to win probably by a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's probably the total is probably accurate, and you know the money line feels accurate. So, you know, I, that's one of those ones where you want Cleveland to score like a touchdown or two in the first quarter, <laughs> and, then, and then you can get after the Bengals like near even. <laughs> you know, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's what sports betting is about. Like, it's about finding opportunities. You know, it's not like just to put your money on on Bengals minus six. Like, will it win? Yeah, but it wins probably fifty-two to fifty-six percent of the time, right? Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a smash, right? Like as a sports better, you want to smash. Um, but anyway, and that and that's another re- reason to subscribe to Player Profiler Edge is because we have this automated text that goes out during the games. I, I feel like I get like four or six every weekend where they're like these these maybe four or six is high, but a couple hammer spots during games live. You get a live text message from Player Profiler Edge that says, "Hey." This game is whatever, whatever. 
take the over or take the under of 60 and a half. And you can go get a current line on one of these sports books at 60 and a half. And, and you find that flaw and that's it. That's a live game bet. And that's exactly what Charles is talking about. You hope Cleveland gets up a little bit early and then, you know, you know, Cincinnati's overall the better team and you kind of get some, get some value on the Bengals. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you can see my screen, the, um, this is what they look like, right? So just give it a little teaser, get like this and they get like a text sort of thing as well. So it's nice. It's a good little plug. Love it. Uh, so if, if we keep rolling through the uh, slate here, I'm thinking, which was the next one we want to discuss? Maybe Vikings, Lions? Yeah, so Detroit is hosting Minnesota this time around. And this was the, the big line coming into the week was the Vikings are 10-2 and two and Detroit's 5-7. and seven. Why is Detroit two and a half point favorites in this game at home with a 52 and a half point total? This is obviously going to be the big DFS matchup of the weekend. Uh, you know, when you guys are looking at this game, Minnesota is nine and zero in one score games this year. It's if crazy. this is a one score game, wouldn't this favor Minnesota? Yeah, in a big way, I think. Sure, Vaughn, what do you think? I mean, these t- type of results are pretty fluky. Um, I do think Minnesota is a little bit over their heads with them being nine and zero in one score games. I do still think that they're better than the Lions. I trust Kirk Cousins and Jefferson to score more points than Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, even though I think both are in big smash spots this week. Um I would I would take the Lion or I would take the Vikings, especially if you could like maybe buy a point, get up to like three and a half and be insured that the Lions only win by a field goal or something, but I could definitely see the lions win this game. Like, I don't know, 30 to 23 or something, 31, 24 over hits. I think the over is going to hit, um, but that the Vikings are being favored. I think they're at best, even teams. And at worst, I think the Vikings are a little better. So to get them, with points, I think is a good spot this week. I'd agree. Nine of the last 10 games between Minnesota and Detroit. I think this is this. I just talked about this in undercovered ops. Detroit and Minnesota has been the best matchup uh, for Minnesota in the NFC North. Like as far as like the, the Chicago and Packer games usually aren't as close as the, these Detroit Minnesota games are. And 52 has hit in four of the last five matchups between these two guys. Minnesota's won nine of the last 10, and each of the last five have been one-score matchups. So it should be a fantastic game for DFS and for betting. Charles, do you have any thoughts on Detroit versus Minnesota? These lines look really good. I like Vikings plus three and a half, if you can get that. I think that's uh, at a good price, right? The price is what matters. Um, But yeah, plus three and a half. Vikings are a much better team. You know, do they have to win the game? That's the question. Um, I don't know that they have to win this game. But, you know, the, the total seems pretty accurate. So like Charles says, the number right now is at two and a half. He's saying he likes three and a half. Obviously, that gives you that field goal. You can buy yourself a point on most of these sports books. So if you go over to FanDuel, for example, you can buy yourself a point and you can get it at minus 154 for that three and a half. Uh, minus, uh, two and a half points is minus 108 right now on FanDuel. And then plus one and a half is plus 100 as well. 
Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Obviously, Brock Purdy, the quarterback for San Francisco. San Francisco still three-and-a-half-point favorites despite losing Jimmy Garoppolo and Tampa Bay coming back to beat the Saints at the last minute on Monday Night Football 17-16. San Francisco is minus 184 on the money line, and the total is 37-and-a-half. I talked about this before. The, the Baltimore and Denver game last week was in the mid-30s. I think it was like 36, and it was the easiest hammer because – Neither of these teams really can score, and they have fantastic defenses. And I feel the same way about this game where, like we talked about, Tom is okay just being okay for three quarters. And San Fran's defense is phenomenal. Everybody knows that, and they should run the ball. They should focus on running the ball with Brock Purdy at quarterback. And then Tampa Bay's defense has been fantastic. What do you guys think about the total? And is it right for San Francisco to be favored despite Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, being the quarterback? I like the under um, Good question. <laughs> yeah. I like the under for sure. In this game, um, only two of Tampa's last eight games have seen at least 40 points. Um, and those were against the Ravens on a Thursday night. And then against the Browns, which I believe went to overtime. So I don't, I agree with with you Cody I don't see points a lot of points being scored in this game um so I like the under for sure I I think you'd have to lean Tampa with the points I I mean I think it does kind kind of sound as simple as do you trust who do you trust more Tom Brady or Brock Purdy like you can't ever count out Tom I think the Bucks offense is a mess, especially their offensive line is severely banged up. Yep. Uh, but if anybody knows how to work around that and get the ball out quick, it's Tom Brady. I think he can still take care of the ball. I think the Bucks I think the Bucks can win this game outright, but I think they can cover three and a half. Yeah, all the injuries are coming on the 49ers side. If you just look here. Mm-hmm. The high value ones. And then even if you look at all of them, like most of the injuries are on the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks oh, offensive sorry, line has been, been banged up all year. And I think that's where this game is really going to be won and lost is will Tampa be able to protect Tom, first off? Because if they can, they should be able to move the ball downfield. Javarius Ward's a top five cornerback at the NFL right now. He's going to be a tough matchup, probably for Mike Evans on the outside. You're going to see a double digit game for targets out of Godwin. And basically, we're just looking for time, time under pressure. If Tom can get that ball out in less than 2.5 seconds, that has been the big stat line you saw on ESPN on Monday Night Football. When he gets the time, when he gets the ball out in less than two and a half seconds, he's upper 70th percentile in completion percentage. Anything longer, it drops into the 50s, and that is going to be massive this week against Nick Bosa and the San Francisco front seven. Um, and I think that's going to be where the game is completely won and lost. And if they can't protect him, this game's going to go way, way under, and San Francisco is going to have a chance to win. But I think if Tampa Bay can protect him at all, I think Tampa Bay is going to be going to win this game. And I think that's where the value lies in this one. Charles, if you had to pick it, who would you pick? I mean, if you just look at the trends, and there's probably not enough trends here on the Buccaneers side, but the 49ers have all the, the trends kind of going in their favor. But what the trends don't factor in is the the injuries. Yep. Um, the fact that Tom really has been letting people down in the first half. Right. Like I could see a Tom that comes out this first half and performs differently. 
because it doesn't want there to be a narrative and then he'll remake the narrative on his terms, right? Which is kind of what heroes do. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, this game feels very wacky to me. Um, it's almost like a primetime game. I mean, even though it's not, right? It's just at a four o'clock. But, um, you know, it's one of those games where I would probably stay away unless you can get something in game that's really tasty. You know, otherwise, like this game probably comes down to a field goal. And I mean, th- these are two of the best defenses in the league. So, you know, no matter what Tom wants to do, like he still has to get through one of the, probably the top defense in the league which he hasn't proven he can do even against the worst defenses in the league. So, you know, it's just like there's a lot of conflicting feelings here. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's the NFL. We just went through all the games that we wanted to discuss this week. Shervon, can you give these guys a recap of the NBA picks? I know we had Toronto minus 12 and a half. You had Detroit, New Orleans. Did you have New Orleans minus 11? New Orleans, yes, that is correct. And then Utah and Golden State going over. Is that correct? Um, you could take the over. I like the jazz, you, uh, spread a little more, but you can okay, take the you said over. Jazz. Sorry. I was misremembering that one. And yeah, that's, that's it on for me on the NBA side. Also, uh, Siakam, uh, props. I like them. I like those tonight too. And then Charles for NBA. What did you add to that? I added the under the Pistons Pelicans under 228. And then for the NFL, just to recap that quickly, we took Minnesota, Detroit, we like the um, moving that line to three and a half. If you can adjust it with the Minnesota Vikings to three and a half. Um, Shervon, I think you like the over 52 and a half. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Pittsburgh game, we like Baltimore plus two and a half. Cleveland versus Cincinnati, we're hammering Cincinnati on FanDuel right now. Minus six and a half for Cincinnati is plus 100. Uh, we talked about waiting until you're in game. If Cleveland can score a touchdown or 10 points and get a little bit of a lead. You'll be able to get some live juice on the Cincinnati Bengals in that one. And then we finished out talking about San, San Fran hosting Tampa Bay. San Fran's favored by three and a half with Brock Purdy at quarterback. That is the juice episode one with Charles Ormsby, the guru between, behind player profiler edge. Shervon Fakimi, our lead player profiler betting analyst. I am your host, Cody Carpentier. We appreciate all you guys for hanging out and hanging on with us during the juice on Player Profiler YouTube channel. Until next time, have a great evening.